Welcome to the Healthcare IT Today interview series. We feel lucky to be able to talk to so many smart, passionate, and knowledgeable people in healthcare. Now, we're taking our favorite interviews and sharing them with you. So sit back, relax, and enjoy perspectives on the world of health IT. Hi everyone, I'm John Lynn, the founder and chief editor at Healthcare IT Today. We're excited to bring you another in our series of interviews with top leaders in health IT. We're at the HIMSS 2022 conference and we're here with Tara Fun. She's product manager at AssureCare. Welcome, Tara. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. It's my first time at HIMSS and it's been a great conference so far. Yeah, what an adventure. At least we're finally back in person. <laughs> yeah, it's true, it's true. It's great. Finally this year. Yeah, <laughs> a little so, bit of last year. Oh yeah, that's, that's true. I, we, we were here last year for some. This feels like we're finally back, so that's great. Yeah. But, uh, I recently had the opportunity to like sit down with your CEO, and during that conversation, we kind of discussed the evolving role of pharmacists, and I think it's such an interesting area, but why are pharmacists' role in patient care evolving, and how can technology really support that kind of expanded role? Yeah, so um, I heard that interview, and it was actually really neat to listen to. I got to hear Yusuf talking a lot about how underutilized pharmacists are, and it just reminded me how lucky I am. Um, AssureCare and, and Yusuf and myself, we're all very, very passionate about pharmacists. And it's fun to hear people talk about recently that the profession's changing, because really it's actually been changing for many years before COVID. Um, 2015 was a big change. I, I practiced on the West Coast, and there was um, a lot of prescriptive authority and payment parity laws that were being passed in 2015 to 2020. But what happened is they didn't really have a lot, gain a lot of momentum or traction or implementation. And what's really happened with COVID services is we realized that we need the pharmacy providers across this nation to take care of our patients, do those COVID tests, do those COVID vaccines, provide COVID treatment. And so it's been really, really rewarding to see that that's been really the impetus for a big change in the pharmacy profession really fully evolving. Um, the biggest technology change I think I've seen really in the last couple of years with all of that is medical billing for okay. pharmacy. Yeah. Um, the COVID vaccines, some of them you have, for Medicaid or for uninsured, you have to bill to a medical payer. Uh -huh. And pharmacy dispensing softwares at their core aren't designed to do that. And so very rapidly, people had to figure out how to send medical claims or 837Ps uh -huh. out of a pharmacy dispensing claim, which is a D.O. claim. And so that was probably the biggest change that I saw as the profession changed with COVID. I saw technology change to enable that medical billing. Yeah, there's probably also a patient mindset change. Like yes. you could go to the pharmacist for it. I mean, you know, I know for me that happened because I went and got my COVID shot at, at, a, at a pharmacy, right? Mm -hmm. And so I think that's maybe the other piece that's changed. Yes, absolutely. And that's one of the most important things because patient awareness, I was five years ago before COVID, now it's seven or so, uh -huh. you know, I'd always say if you build it, they will come and the patient still didn't really know to come. Sure. And so well, they didn't know if they trusted the pharmacy. Like, can they do that? Yeah. I, I think it's a little bit of it. If right? it was offered, if it was available, who did it, where, if they could use their insurance was always a big question Yeah, that's too. a good one too. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. So. yeah, well, another thing is there's an ongoing effort to expand the scope of care for pharmacists. Mm -hmm. So how can pharmacists really capitalize on this momentum and expand their services beyond their traditional roles? There's many ways, um, and like I said, it's been really exciting to see, while there was some change in for five years of pharmacist provider status with COVID, this whole new workflow and process evolved where pharmacists really started readily having a process in place to be a provider of a product. Um, sometimes I call it selling a medication, I give an analogy of selling bananas. Um, the old way of doing pharmacy was selling something, a product. And we really found ways to have workflows and processes built around pharmacists providing services and 
patients knowing that pharmacies provide services like we talked about and physicians and local providers in the community knowing hey you know I am not providing tests or I don't have any more tests available or I'm not I don't have vaccines in stock but they do and really sending those patients to, to the pharmacy and so what I think is if as we hopefully fingers crossed are coming out of COVID we have this new awareness we have this new cooperation and we have these new workflow models in pharmacy taking those and really then saying, okay, I'm going to use the scope laws. We've had many, many wins in many states. In 2018, there was actually 150 bills um, no in the way. pipeline about wow. pharmacist prescriber status. Uh -huh. and this was before COVID and it's just continued to expand rapidly, um, as well as a lot of legislative movement around being paid for those services, which is, are really two separate conversations, but two very importantly intertwined conversations. So continuing to support that is going to be very, very monumental and then also finding that right technology solution yeah. that not only just transmits out that claim, like I was talking about kind of evolved out of COVID, but now starts to connect you to that larger ecosystem. Because that pharmacy dispensing piece has been in silo all this time. And that's hurting everybody, the payer, the patients, and the other providers. And so really being able to bridge that gap with more comprehensive population health management solutions that really tie in all the various parties in a patient's journey um, are going to be very, very important. And an, and enabling thorough documentation. Okay. Um, so like EHRs for pharmacy, that's really unheard of in a community <laughs> setting. And I don't know if they'd want that. And, you <laughs> I know, mean, kind of. Yeah, <laughs> but as we're continuing to change, there's a reason that the other healthcare providers are using that. Well, they need um, you to bill. Uh, to right. Your, right, and and as we're seeing this provider, uh, provider status bills being passed, they also really would benefit from a full EHR and true provider status being set up with the payers, going through credentialing and enrollment, um, charting for all the things that happen. Because they might come in for a tobacco cessation visit, for example, but they end up with this extremely elevated blood pressure. I mean, this happened the other day to one of our clients. And so then the visit really changed to uh, triaging uh, urgent care and um, missed medications and addressing hypertension and tobacco cessation. And being able to bill for that entire encounter as a pharmacy in the community is going to be a game changer to open up that other business model. I mean, that is a big change. So what is the technology? Is it is it an EHR designed for the pharmacist? Or what technology do pharmacists need to be able to support kind of this unique practice model? Is, is it about billing? Is it about even referrals, right? Because I'm sure they have a limited scope still, so they need a, a nice referral. I mean, what technology is needed for pharmacists? Yeah, and I think the reason why there's there's not an easy answer to that because it's because we don't have federal provider status, it's state pocketed. Okay. And so in some states they have kind of a more invoicing type billing method set up and really they're going to need, um, their primary method is gonna be built around documentation and sending SNOMED codes, a specific type of a, a communication code to payers to be paid. In other places, they need truly, truly need the robust EHR, especially states with provider status and more traditional medical billing. But ultimately, ideally, you have it all. You have this comprehensive solution that is really helping generate kind of some version of a universal patient health record so that everybody's working collaboratively and cohesively. You're connecting the payers and the pharmacies and all the various ways that you can work out payment models because that's the thing, it's, it's just different for every group of pharmacy, state, and payer. Um, and then you're also able to really demonstrate and document and evaluate those outcomes too. Uh, that's the other huge piece that sometimes can be missing in documentation platforms is really looking at that impact that that pharmacist had. So we, you t we talked also about the Population Health Initiative and pharmacist role in that. So what's, how can a pharmacist uh, support Population Health Initiative and what are the tools they need? 
So one of the biggest things that we need is uh, cooperation and collaboration and communication. Um, being a community pharmacist, um, historically doing a residency in the community pharmacy space, I saw all the work we were doing was done in silo. Um, we really weren't incentivized, per se, to know that that patient was any healthier because we were selling that product, we were selling that banana, right? Yeah. Whether you took your medication, it worked. Um, I remember you talking to Yusuf about you got medications for your, I think it was your ex-wife and your daughter, mm -hmm. um, and how you talked to your, your pharmacist at your hospital or health system that you worked at and asked them questions. And, you know, that type of education that we give, there's no historically financial um, value tied to that for the pharmacist they don't get reimbursed no. and also that nobody else knows that that conversation took place they don't know that there was hesitancy and maybe what if you did leave still having problems affording your medication sure. or accessing your medication or other social or that I didn't health. trust it right yeah, because, and that's yeah. why I was asking the question of the pharmacist <laughs> exactly and so that's why it's just so important that you've got that connected ecosystem that allows those, all those parties to come together um, and the pharmacist is such a big underutilized part of that story because they're stuck in the middle of that community. Mm -hmm. um, they know like, you know, that down the road there's that church that has the pantry that's got food or the bilingual true, yeah. um, clinic that has a weight loss clinic that's Spanish speaking or maybe a local payer diabetes prevention program that they're trying to engage patients. They know all of that. And then they also are the one that's on the ground with those patients. There's tons of stats out there about those high cost, high touch patients, right? I mean, we hear all the time. <laughs> And when you think population health, there's that's one bucket you always want to think about. You sure. know, the people, the less than 10% costing over a third of the dollars, exactly. et cetera. How many times are those people coming into a community pharmacy? Because they're almost guaranteed on a lot of medications. So really often. And so the pharmacist ends up knowing their hobbies, their kids, their pets, their passions, and can really move the needle on that patient in a motivative way that other call centers or, or other caregivers might not be able to do alone. So they can work as part of that care team to change that practice model. Yeah. Um, and then the other thing I always think of is those people, I would see them all the time, that just aren't accessing primary care. They go to the pharmacy, they say, what is this? And they pull up their arm and they show you something, maybe. It gets them over the counter or yes. something. I've done that before. Yes, <laughs> yes. So A, if we had an EHR, we could document and bill for that or an appropriate documentation platform. Um, but there's more than that too, like preventative care screenings or you're over 50. And some patients, you know, they would be coming into the pharmacy to get their cholesterol checked once a year because they knew it was elevated. And for whatever reason, they didn't feel comfortable or weren't able to access primary care other than that community pharmacy member. So they are doing a lot of those preventative services anyway that really should be being fed into the larger healthcare space so that everybody can work as a team to change that patient's health. So a lot of, lot of ways that they can impact population health. No, absolutely. And, and the pharmacy is just easier. You're often there picking up a med or you're there for the store. And so, it, I don't know, that's why I see it's interesting. Mm -hmm. So how do you see, what, what is that big picture future for pharmacy technology? Uh, I have big dreams. Yeah, that's <laughs> <I'm very>, true. <laughs> I'm very passionate about it. But I mean, really, the biggest thing I think is, number one, that connection, that connectivity, um, where everybody can work collaboratively and cohesively. And you know, if it's a universal patient care record, we can all dream. Yeah, um, well, that's been the focus of AssureCare, right? Is right. bringing that data that to view. the people. Mm -hmm, absolutely. Um, also having that, that flexible documentation um, aspect that says, OK, I'm going to be able to support whatever patient care services this patient needs and this 
provider needs and these payers need. Because with pharmacy specifically, there are so many different practice models and so many different services. Some groups, they might be having you work on um, social determinants of health. Some might be having you work on patients with asthma. Some might be having you do um, chronic disease management. Maybe they might be saying, oh, actually, this is uh, we have a big public health need for tobacco cessation or birth control prescribing. And some might just be doing new services like travel health and TV yeah, screening. Sure. And so something that's flexible and able to support all those various um, services and really show that value. Because in the end, we need it to where the pharmacists every day do do a lot of things to help impact patients' lives. Lower their blood pressure, improve their A1C, um, make them healthier, decrease right. the total cost of care. And because they don't have really any documentation platform today, typically, yeah, that they have a dispensing platform. Yeah, that tells them the rest of the story or tells everybody else the story of what they did. They're not feeding into the rest of the healthcare ecosystem. And when you think about that, over half of the HEDIS measures and star rating measures sure. are tied in with medications. That's a good point. They're impacting these things. It's just not documented right, and it's not being able to be reflected in those measures appropriately. Right. Well, thanks so much for sharing that. I mean, I think pharmacists are such an underutilized part of healthcare, and so I appreciate you taking the time to share your insights and perspectives. We want to thank everyone for watching. If you want to find more great healthcare IT content like this, be sure to check it out at healthcareittoday.com or search for Healthcare IT Today on your favorite podcasting application. Thanks, Tara. Thank you.